Thank you, Mike Boynton and men's basketball for a pretty quality win over a, a really good Wichita State squad. And this transfer market and recruiting, it just, I'm like a kid in a candy shop. It just keeps getting better and better and better. And it's hard to beat. Number one. You are locked on Oklahoma State, your daily podcast on the Oklahoma State Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Howdy, y'all, and hello, all. Welcome back to Locked On Oklahoma State, your daily stop for all things cowboy and cowgirl related. My name is Cody Stovall. I'm going to be your host today as we take this little fun tour. You can find us available on all podcasting platforms as well as YouTube. You can find me personally at All Day O State on Twitter. Again, thank you kindly for making this your first listen here on Locked On Oklahoma State. All right, so we're just going to uh, get into <laughs> some of this. This recruiting thing. Now, I, I, I will never say that my Gundy's got the hang of it. That I won't say that, so we'll calm down there. But clearly somebody got in his ear to some degree because we are doing something different. And if you recall, recently last week we had uh, Marshall Levinson from Pokes Report, now on three. He kind of gave a, a nice little decent tidbit, right, about on three sports. And the same gentleman who kind of helped create Rivals um, and I think 247 as well, which are two, you know, sources that everybody uses. He is the one who kind of put those together. And then he branched off and now on three is, I guess, his own his own thing. So the guy that's responsible for Rivals being primarily so successful, as well as 247 being so successful, is the guy who's now running on three sports. So it was nice to hear Marshall Levinson get on, on here, uh, especially with his time, obviously still with Pokes Report, as he just graduated the other day. So hats off. Good job, sir. But he gave us that little insight that on three sports, it's like a mixture of rivals, a mixture of 247, but better. And they do a lot more in-depth research. They do a lot more film study. Uh, they don't just have expert punditry like a Paul Feinbaum who gets paid money to spout absolute nonsense or you get somebody that's pretty daggone good at their job but they're not necessarily a big fan of the university so the amount of digging they do is just is what it is so i implore you all to make sure that on three sports is something that you're checking out even more uh, because he's right and right now on three sports has oklahoma state university as the number one transfer uh, portal class in america there's uh, multiple places that you can find oklahoma state in the top five top six top seven of this transfer market so no matter how you slice it, right? If you take the good, the bad, you put them all together. Uh, let, let's say we, we have the number three or number four transfer class in America. Yes, it is transfers. No, it is not high school recruits. But this is big time, right? The, the kids that we're bringing in to fill massive gaps, it's, it's, it's huge. And you see a little bit of a shift in Gundy, as we've said uh, previously. It's, it's, a bold, it's a bold move, Cotton to be changing up philosophy this late in the game. But it's never been a secret with Mike Gundy. He's always preferred to be a run-first team, right? He'll tell you that. He said it before. He'll always be that way. And I think he realized this last season, what we were trying to do 
and then also be productive in the running game. It just was not going to happen. It was not happening. We didn't have the personnel to do it. Notice I didn't say depth. I didn't say talent. We have all that. We didn't have the right personnel. And evidently, we had no ability to mix things up a bit midseason. That I, I, I don't understand. How can you not, when you have a treasure trove of previous things to look at, how do you not go back in the film of when you were an OC or a head coach and an OC to begin with, or a little bit of what Dana did, a little bit of what Todd Bonkin did, a little bit of what Larry Fedora did? And just, you know, you got to be able to take a step back, and I think that's happening. But the direction he's going, it's a breath of fresh air. Every single kid, write it down, mark it down, bet on it, take it to the bank. Every single kid that we have got so far, their primary objective is to destroy people. And today, today is no different. News just continues to matriculate in. And some of the latest news, if you hadn't seen. So we talked the other day, uh, we, we obviously focused on linemen. And Jacob Sanders from Stillwater, Oklahoma, who got to um, snap the ball to Gunner, as well as Gage Gundy, he's, he's, he's going to need some work. The aggressive nature, the attitude, the I'm going to beat the tar out of you, that is all there. The footwork side of things, um, you know, sometimes when he's pulling, you don't know if it's going to correlate to the D1 level. So he's going to take a little bit of time. It just is what it is. No big deal, right? And then you look at somebody like a Dalton Cooper. He's not going to need time. He's ready to rock and roll right here, right now, uh, as we speak. And again, with Cole Birmingham coming back, that's massively beneficial. Well, you look at somebody like today, Isaiah Kima. He was somebody who was obviously very, very sought after, a late addition. The difference between him and maybe even a Jack and Dean. Jack and Dean, as we discussed yesterday, he, out of the high school kids, may be the one that had the ability to, to come in and play a, a decent amount right away. He was the only one. Uh, you know, I think Gage, uh, Stanland, he's going to need a little bit of time, obviously. Uh, Jacob Sanders needs to kind of get some body by glass for a couple of years uh, to understand footwork-wise, technique-wise, what he needs to be doing. I don't see us having him be a pulling guard by any stretch of the imagination. Pulling center, eh, it could happen. But this guy, you got Dalton Cooper that should rotate in immediately, right? P potentially, probably start immediately, whether it be left or right tackle, don't care. And then you have the other high school kids coming in that all need work, all need work, all need work. This kid is good, good. Like Isaiah Kima is good, good. Now, the tricky part to him is, he is so talented. He's probably somebody like like um, maybe a Jack and Dean that has the opportunity to play immediately. But but you know, fortunately for him, he gets to go on a religious mission. So he's going to sign with Oklahoma State, but we won't actually see him on the field for two years, which is fine because if you if you're bored, go watch his highlight film. It is fun. And another thing that I've been noticing by a lot of the guys that we've been getting, whether it be Gage Stanland. Or uh, Dalton Cooper doesn't pull a lot. Jack and Dean does pull quite a bit. Uh, Jacob Sanders, he pulls a lot early on, not so much uh, as a senior in high school. But it seems to be a common theme. We're getting a lot of guards slash tackles slash centers that have the ability to pull. And this kid is no different. The things they have him doing at center for high school are pretty unique, right? You don't see the way he pulls and does his traps and everything. They're considerably different than what you see uh, all day, every day. So I'm surprised his recruiting isn't as high as it is. Now, we did have to land him over places like uh, Air Force and Arizona. Uh, so there was some suitors, right? 
But I'm assuming it's because of this two-year mission trip that he's got to take. Uh, I'm guessing that some places, I don't know, didn't want to wait two years. Uh, clearly, what we saw, which is what I'm looking at right now on film, is, yeah, we'll wait a couple years because he's going to do nothing but be more mature. So we're going to get a bigger, meaner, stronger, potentially faster, because you know he's going to be on a, a weight plan to some degree, a dietary plan to some degree. When he does step foot on the field, he'll be a mature animal instead of just an animal right now. But he's good enough. He's good enough to push for some PT. Uh, we had another freshman offensive tackle this year push for some PT. A lot of people thought he wasn't quite ready. Uh, but nonetheless, we will play younger people, especially on the on the O-line, uh, if there's somebody that can contribute immediately. Unfortunately, we got to wait a couple years on him. Uh, but, you know, we also skimmed over some of the other ones, so I want to hit a little bit deeper there as well. But another guy we got, UNLV transfer, Noah McKinney, standing at six. Five two ninety. 290. He's, he's fun. Not just because of the player and how he ranks out, right? And the fact that people definitely, definitely wanted, uh, wanted him on campus. But to me, the biggest storyline there should be, where did he come from? UNLV. He was a red shirt. He was the number 164 overall tackle in America. The number 18 overall player in the state of Nevada. And again, uh, stayed close to home, went to UNLV. Redshirted this year, which is obviously something that was made to get him a little bit more prepared, a little bit ready. But when you notice on his film, he's very good with his hands and leverage. Now, does he get crossed up sometimes? Uh, yes, he does. Sometimes that, that first initial jab step that you want to see out of a tackle, it's pretty slow. And when he's down blocking, he turns his body a little bit too far sometimes. So he's going to take a little bit of work, but he's he's had a year of, of collegiate football at D1 level at UNLV, and there is already an article out right now about how his coach uh, at UNLV, Marcus Arroyo, helped get him here from Texas, or I'm sorry, from Nevada, um, you know, and, and convinced him to stay home. Well, he's also the same guy that is now helping convince him to go to Stillwater. So does that mean we can read deeper than the tea leaves and we can say, hey? This means Marcus Arroyo is coming to town. Well, we all think that would be very nice. And I can say that I'm sure that uh, him committing to Oklahoma State doesn't hurt our chances by any stretch of the imagination. But real quick, speaking of hurting your chances, guys, in today's world of hiring, uh, it can be a mad scramble. You can feel like it's a high stakes wager for your small business. So if you want to be 100% certain that you have the access to the best qualified candidates and jobs available, you need to check out LinkedIn Jobs. They're going to help you find the right team uh, of people faster. And right now, today, it's for free. It's why small business rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. They have simple tools like screening options and questions that make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and ultimately hire. So LinkedIn Jobs can help you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to right now faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash college. Again, that is linkedin.com slash college to post your job for free today. Terms and conditions obviously to apply. Okay, so uh, let's let's keep going down this rabbit hole. Why? Because it's actually pretty cool. So another one that you saw today was Taiwan Ray. Now, Taiwan Ray, 
Jr. He's a free safety corner, right? Kind of like a hybrid thing. Now, when you watch his film, it is a little bit interesting. He breaks on the ball very, very well. He's pretty good about not only stringing plays out, but being elusive and doing so. What I mean by that is uh, it's a highlight film. I get that. Highlights show the best of people. But when you dive a little bit further, you can typically see some of the small things. Just because your hips were wrong, or maybe you took the wrong first step, or maybe you took a back step on the slant route and you gave up an extra yard, whatever. Usually there's a lot of things to learn from as well. Well, this kid is no, 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 uh, I can't think of the word, surprising um, uh, thing that he needs to, to work through. I don't know why his recruiting wasn't as high, because when you look around, you're not seeing an overabundance of information on him anywhere at all whatsoever. So it's almost like he has no stars. But when you watch the film, I don't care what level of football you're playing at in Georgia, it's going to be something that you don't see every day, okay? And when you're already standing at, you know, the, the size that somebody like his, him is, rocking at 6'3", 185, this is another Kendall Daniels type. So again, you can go look all you want. You're not going to find a lot on this kid. He does have highlight film out there. You can watch it. He does have some game film out there as well, individually. You can watch it. But I just, I don't know why his recruiting is so late. So I'm going to dig a little bit further in that for all of us. Because again, 6'3", 185, you pop on the film, and he does everything you want a safety to do. Now, he gets beat a lot on press coverage. So is he going to end up being a cornerback? Most likely not. But at 6'3", 185, knowing with the year two Rob class, he's going to be over 200 pounds. We have, again, a plethora now of options in the back end that are big dudes, that are dudes that are going to be able to compete and go head-to-head, nose-to-nose, face mask, if you will, not literally but figuratively, with anybody. So I think he's a he's a pretty, pretty big-time get. And with that size, you're not super worried about him only getting looks from uh, Austin P and Florida International and Eastern Illinois. Maybe somebody can jump in the comments and, and help me find it before I, I continue my digging here. Why he wasn't so uh, very highly recruited. I think maybe it could to do could have something to do with the position because he does play a lot of corner in his highlight film. And his back pedal is amazing. But when he gets his hips flipped, uh, his secondary reaction is a little bit slow. So, again, I don't necessarily see him being a safety. I mean, a corner. He's more of a safety guy, and he's going to fit in perfect. Um, and, and then, you know, so yesterday, obviously, we were kind of chatting a little bit about uh, some of the guys that we have coming in. And I think that I, not y'all, me, 100% me, I think I did us all a little bit of disservice because I don't know that I went far enough. Um, into how big of a get Stribling was. Stribling is, again, standing at 6'3", 205, 6'4", 210, however you kind of want to look at different publications. The dude just, he, he walks off the bus and he, and he passes the eye check, right? And he's enrolling early enough that conditioning that you you kind of had some of that conditioning issues with Tay Martin when he transferred from Washington State. So clearly, what we do at Oklahoma State from a wide receiver getting people ready uh, type of, of thing is considerably different. But he's coming in early, so he's going to have time to get through all that. 
he's going to push uh, Jaden Bray because right now Jaden Bray is our primary big-time possession receiver. He has the wiggle and the shake and the speed to do more than that, yes. Bryson Green kind of took over that route uh, or that role this season, but Bryson Green also is caught on film giving up on, on plays and routes. It just it is what it is. I'm not being negative, Nancy. It's a fact. It's an on-film fact, right? So you're bringing this kid in. So now, whether it is to push uh, Jaden Bray, whether it's to push Bryson Green, doesn't really matter who it's designed to push. What matters is that it will push somebody, and that is an absolute fact. He knows what to do. He knows how to do it. He's been productive in doing so. So the, the constraints of, of class and the weight room and all that and film study, not going to bother him. He's going to probably slide in pretty fluid, pretty uh, pretty seamlessly. So it's somebody that, you know, I, I just I want to make sure that we're not just, you know, lightly going over the fact that this guy's a big get. He's a very, very, very big get for us. Um, and there's really, honestly, there's, no, there's nothing bad you can say about any of these recruits because they all fill a massive, massive need. I've already hit on the Darius Webb Jr. a few times. Hopefully enough by now that you guys have had the ability to go check that out. Um, but guy, he's very, very aggressive. Very, very, very aggressive. Plays like a safety. So being 5'10", 175, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. But again, this is with that same mindset of what are we doing? We're bringing in dudes that only care about being ruthless, hardcore, no matter what it takes. So another one that I got to break down, uh, a linebacker out of Kennedale, Texas. Hwasa Utu. This is another one of our Polynesian type of connections. Thanks very much, uh, Benji Tonga. You have been masterful in this Polynesian connection thing. So you pop on his film, number 99, defensive end. And he's another one you're running. Okay, why is he ranked uh, 103 at his position in, in America for a linebacker? Well, it's because they ain't got him playing dagger linebacker. They got him playing defensive end. He plays defensive end like 90% of the time. And he's undersized for a defensive end. He's at like six foot, 205, 208. So it's a testament to how good he is that he's able to play that position so fast, so athletic, so relentless, so ruthless that he's given up, uh, you know, sometimes 100 pounds, at least 75, 80 pounds, and he's still dominating. So that that Colin Oliver type of role that he played this year, dropping off in the coverage a little bit more than I, I think I would have wanted to, uh, that's somebody who fits that role. He's going to get bigger, going to get stronger, going to get faster. But I'm telling you guys, for, for fun and giggles, to check out his highlight film because what he does already right now is defensive end in high school is extremely impressive. I read an article from his high school coach said that he was legitimately one of the best players he's ever, ever, ever coached or seen. And his position rating is out of skew. How do you rank a, a linebacker when he doesn't play linebacker? So, like, I get it, uh, but this is a testament to what we do in recruiting. We don't always necessarily have to go for the big names because we can pull stuff off like this. He's a sleeper, right? He's the definition of one. But if you look what he does at defensive end and his ability to, to drop back into quarters or flats coverage, He's going he's gonna to be able to produce, I think, fairly early on. He's somebody with a couple years of Rob Glass by his sophomore year. He's competing all day, every day. A lot more speed than a Lamont Bishop. A lot more speed. But I, I would say has that, that potential to get to that size uh, fairly, fairly quickly. So, I, you know, I don't want to you know, get too bogged down in, you know, the, the, the different positions. But 
We just talked about Taiwan Ray Jr., who's going to be, I think, somebody who does contribute, right? Um, six foot three, 185, out of Smyrna, Georgia. Surprised that they let him sneak out of the back backyard. Okay, stick with linebacker here. Uh, we got Ike. If I mess this up, I'm so sorry. Esonwun. I probably did mess that up. Okay, I apologize. Anyways, another linebacker, six foot one, 215 pounds. I really firmly believe that when you have somebody like this, this is, again, this is a little bit of a classification thing. He is listed as a linebacker. We want him as a linebacker. But what does he do? He plays all over the daggone field. So I think, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a repetition thing. If you have guys like this who have as many reps as somebody who's been playing linebacker for years and that's all they play, I think we're having a different conversation. But, again, what does he bring to the table? Aggressiveness. Like, to the T, hilt to the brim, 24-7. The dude's aggressive. And the fun part about it for me is I actually think that he was pretty impressive at wide receiver. He does play wide receiver quite a bit. Plays the, the stand-up defensive end uh, quite a bit as well. Very strong. Very physical. Ain't the fastest dude in the world. But, again... If he's playing wide receiver successfully, he's got to have some speed. And then when he does play wide receiver, you see pancakes. You don't get a lot of pancakes at wide receiver position, ladies and gentlemen. But this dude does. He loves to smash somebody's face in the ground. He lets the O-lineman get up on him way, way too easy, which is a problem we had this year with both Mason Cobb and Xavier Benson. So it's going to be something he has to work on. But the straight line just act for what to do and where to go and reading angles is really good. His read and react is pretty slow, uh, which is obviously why his, his ranking is where it is. But he gets through double teams pretty easily. He diagnoses plays pretty easily. He gets in the backfield pretty easily. So, again, you see a lot of things that make you very, very excited. And you see a few things that you're like, okay, he just needs to learn. In high school, you can't grab the offensive tackle and the linebacker at the same time and just bring them down collectively. That ain't going to happen in D1 football uh, unless you've got some insane lifting capability. Unless you're throwing up Malcolm Rodriguez or Barry Sanders type of numbers on the bench in the squat. I don't know. Uh, I don't know what to tell you. But it looks good. And once again, I'll say it to all blue in the face, and I apologize for getting blue in the face, but it does what? It fills an exact need, an exact fit. This is what Gundy has shifted to. This hardcore, tough, 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 tough mentality. It's wonderful. Like we've said before. If you make a mistake at 174 miles an hour, it's like, all right, Bubba, stuff happens. We can fix it. We can work on it. We can make it better. But when you miss a play because you were going 72 miles an hour and everybody else was going 80, it ain't going to work. It ain't never going to work. Just like it's never going to work if you're trying to bet money and you're not uh, relying on the, the best sources. Right now, betonline.net is your number one source for sports betting, news, stats, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional sport out there, as well as your college bowl season, basketball, World Cup. They've got you covered. If you love podcasts, got you there as well. You head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more. Bet online. That is where the game starts. Yeah, I'm 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 insanely excited. And we are, we're piecing in some of these high school guys too, right? So it's um it's not just transfer heavy. But no matter what publication you look at, we're either number one, number five, number seven, number three, 
in all of these publications when it comes to the transfer market. So, yeah, I guess you like, like Gandhi said, he's not a transfer portal guy. But here we are trying to piece together a team that is beyond capable, more than capable of winning a Big 12 title. Again, has to be the expectation. If this would have been a complete dud and we'd have lost another 12 O-linemen like last year, right, to kick off this thing, plus a bunch of big-time starters, then let's face it, it's a rebuilding year. We should not have been in a rebuilding year this year. This year should have been a reload year. And I, I think somebody got in Gundy's ear. Gundy's feeling the pressure because he's doing some things that are different. Hopefully they're, he's doing things that are different enough to make a difference, right? That's going to be the key. But we'll have more good news tomorrow because it just keeps filtering in. Um, but before we skedaddle on out here, I wanted to, do, to give a, a props to my Boynton men's basketball squad, taking down a pretty good Wichita State team, 59-49. That score indicates what? Defense. Yes, defense. Defense was story of the game. Uh, and, and, and coming into the season, that was going to be realistically the biggest glaring issue on everybody's mind because last year, that's what kept us in games was the defense. This defense wasn't supposed to be as good, so we were going to take a step back and we are going to need more offensive capabilities uh, from somebody like an Avery Anderson or a Bryce Thompson. Well, John Michael Wright, unfortunately, you know, he's streaky. But when he's on, we win, right? It's just, it's, it's that simple. But what we were able to do defensively is kind of, we've kind of put to bed some of the confusion on whether we were going to be good on defense or not this year. We are. We're very good. It's going to keep us in games. Uh, Bryce Thompson showed up a little bit uh, with 19 points. When I say a little bit, it's because he still, he hasn't, he hasn't done what we all know he can do. Same with Avery Anderson. Same with Musa Cisse. Same with Caleb Boone. That's the beauty of basketball. Do we want to say this all season? We're so close, so close, so close. No, we don't. We don't. <laughs> but we're knocking on the daggone door. We should be able to kick it down occasionally. And if we kick it down enough, we will get into the dance. And really, that's all that matters. You just want to take it to the dance. Doesn't matter who you play, what time you play, what region you play in. You just want to get there. That's the objective. We're good enough to get there for sure. We are good enough to get there. We're just going to have to string together a few pretty good wins for that to happen. But the beauty of the Big 12 is every week, it's a week to bolster your strength of schedule. It's a, a, a week to bolster your, your RPI. So it's going to be fun. Hopefully, I know that, you know, with holidays uh, and people being on campus, it does make it a little bit difficult. Uh, it'd be nice to see a decent amount of people show up to Galgriver for uh, Corpus Christi A&M, who is a pretty good squad, uh, who, who's played some Power 5 ball, and they've played pretty well. So it's going to be a game, again, we're going to have to show up for. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I understand the crowd's not going to be the craziest thing in the world due to the timing of the game. But after we hit Big 12 play, after we come back from Lawrence, after Christmas break, yeah, hopefully that's when we see this this thing at its its – Peak because it's it's magical. If you're a diehard sports fan, Galgrave Arena, packed out against a big time team, is better than Disneyland. It's a fact. That's a fact, Jack. But I think that's all I got for you today, y'all. I love it. Thank you very much. The interaction's been crazy. Uh, everything's just uh, moving in the right direction. All thanks to you guys. So let's keep it up. Uh, keep firing away in the comments. Uh, let me know in the comments section. Let me let me see your guess on how many fans will be at this Corpus Christi game 
And then let's guess at how many fans will be in Galgaraba after KU. Okay. Help me with some of the attendance stuff on that side of things. As far as the transfers, if you have any questions, let me know in the comments. Uh, if you have something I need, I need to hammer home on more, feel free to uh, send me a message on Twitter. I do respond to 90% of um, what, what, what people's input is. So hit me up. Let me know if you want to hear some stuff. I need to add some stuff for you. I, I, I greatly would. I greatly would appreciate it. Until tomorrow, which will undoubtedly have more fun recruiting news. I love you all. God bless. Go Pokes. Thank you for making this your number one spot. To obtain all your O-State information here on Locked On Oklahoma State. Later, y'all.